Yeah. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure I did my job before I forget things. Anyway, uh, let me go ahead and and uh, kick off my morning with this with this thought. First of all, let me say good morning to you and everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't think I said that. I hope I did, but I don't think I did. Uh, so good morning. Good morning. How are good morning. you? Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Um, but I was watching. I think because of COVID, they put online and, and uh, it's. I don't know if it's kind of scary now that uh, COVID, in most cases, they're saying it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trying to say that. I'm glad it's over. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, a lot of the, as I was sharing with somebody, a lot of the church programs and things that we have become accustomed to, uh, I I fear that they will strip them because, you know, everybody wants to They A lot of people didn't like the virtual experience, but I've been trying to stress that a lot of uh, the opportunities that many of us got the last two years we would have never gotten access to, and if you take it, we're not going to get it again. So we're trying to, at least I'm trying to rally and, you know, promote the idea of keeping, even though you're going back to physical worship, but keeping these opportunities open because, uh, you know, like I said, that church over in England, I would have never heard of it, never seen it if it wasn't for COVID and then put it online. But they do a daily piece of business called their morning prayers, and it's it's about 45 minutes. Maybe the most I've seen is sometimes that man goes two hours. But uh, it's an opportunity to sit down and deal with. It's almost like a big, gigantic daily moment of therapy to me. Because you're hearing what's going on as it pertains to the world news, and then you get the opportunity to just accept what's bothering you, deal with it, and hopefully by the end of your time in prayer, you have released those feelings and emotions and you can go on with your day without being all flustered and, and bothered by it. Mm-hmm. And that spoke to me because I felt like that uh, that is something that if we all took some time and I shared with somebody, I said, what if that was a, an ask, uh, another opportunity of how we did news? Somebody come up with that where you're not, disenfranchised because at this moment in time the best way to keep yourself healed is to just turn it off but then if you turn it off you don't know what's going on and that's not necessarily a good thing but if you turn it on you might mess around and have your blood pressure high on a TV with a bullet hole in the middle of it and that's not good either so 
I, I saw that, and that kind of gave me a little bit of inspiration, and I just wanted to share that because I've been thinking about uh, that and how sometimes he he has his morning prayer services in the garden, and he walks through the garden, and and it's almost like you're doing exercise and you're praying and you're uh, reflecting and all, all that's combined into one. And I and I just I just wanted to share that with you. If you have YouTube, uh, check it out until uh, until I work on whatever the Lord will give us to do, and then I have to pull you back over there because you know we I need you share. Washington's a thing on his own. On has different programs too, right there. These things. Well, they may have that. I have to go and look that up and and see what's what's going on with that. Uh, but I, I just shared that with you as a, yeah, a great a opportunity to to pray and to, to you know if you take an hour of your day I don't I'm not saying you don't do that I I, I know I don't do that as much as I should but you take a good hour of your day to to sit down and reflect and you know. It's a great kind of start. Tell the Lord how mad you are. He know how mad you are, but sometimes I don't think you know how mad you are. You really sit down and figure out how mad you are. You know, that that, that old TV show, Family Matters, when, you know, uh, Carl Winslow had to go to therapy that time, and the therapist told him to say, three, two, one, one, two, three, what's bothering me? Yeah. Sometimes I, I feel that, uh, and I'm just rambling here a little bit. I think I know more myself, but uh, I feel like that we move so fast during the day. I know I do, so let me just stick to my word. And you don't take time to reflect and process what's bothering you and, A, what you can do to fix was bothering you. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on in our time together. But for now, I ain't talked to whole Mama Bell's head so much, she's ready for me to shut up so she can go and tickle the ivories. And uh, we'll do that. Let Mama Bell tickle the ivories, and then Brother Dennis is going to do his thing. And then we'll move on with our time together this morning. On the first Sunday, on the road to Easter. Yeah, this is our first Sunday. Also on the road to year number three. Or third Easter, should I say, together. Uh, Y'all get old. Thank you. 
friend we have in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mama Beth. As usual, you're right on key. Anyway, good morning, everybody. This morning. Good morning. Good morning. You know, I was, uh, I know this might come to a shock to Eric, but I was actually up and walking around, and I did go outside this morning. It's, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a different day. Uh, I just, uh, I'm going to get a little uh, aside here. You know, we, we get together on Sundays and Wednesdays, and, and we open the Bible, and, uh, you know, we do this on the, our own free will, and, you know, hopefully we'll always be able to do it. I just want you to understand that I know and I've been uh, uh, that uh, the people in Ukraine, they, they still get together and they still pray and they still have their church services because they know where God is and, and who's in control. So we have to continue to keep on praying for them. I know I don't have to tell you that, but, uh, you know, my heart aches. That's, uh, that's all I'll say. Well, good morning. What a different month. Uh, you know, we're almost we're almost seven days into the month, almost a whole week. Boy, I just, uh, you know, when, you're, when you're enjoying yourself, you know, you enjoy the, the time that we have. Um, you know, I was thinking this week uh, as I talked to various people and stuff, you know, it, um, it always amazes me, you know, Eric, you know, Eric and I talk about turning the news off so you don't hear what's going on, you know, uh, you know so you get, don't have that misinformation. But we know that, uh, you know, there is misinformation out there. You know, you can, you can go to a, a city council meeting or a school board meeting or a Boy Scout meeting or a Girl Scout meeting and, and listen to what goes on and, then, uh, you know, the next day you get up with your friends and say, hey, did you hear what they were saying? And, uh, you know, your friend looks at you like, what are you talking about? And so you tell them what you heard, and they look at you and go, I saw what I heard. This is what I heard. So, yeah. so there's also always conflicting uh, stories about what actually went on. You know, when I was uh, younger, you know, like two years ago uh, or, or so, uh, you know, we uh, – we would get together, we'd have uh, maybe uh, teenage years or, or even before that, even in school sometimes. I, I remember doing this in school, which kind of, you know, you look back and you wonder why you would do it. But uh, probably to learn uh, just behavior, there you go, behavior science we'll call it. But we used to do something that uh, called uh, telephone or gossip phone or, or whatever, you know, the teacher would give you, something to say, uh, you know, uh, two sentences maybe, you know, that Billy loved, uh, you know, Mary, but Mary didn't love Billy. She loved Jimmy instead. And Jimmy, you know, he had no idea what was going on. So, you know, he was after uh, Jeannie and, you know, whatever happened there. But anyway, something like, say, along those lines, and you were supposed to whisper to the person next to you, okay, what the teacher told you to say. And that person would take in turn, tell the other person next to them, and so on and so on. So it went on down the road or, or through the, the school or through the classroom. Maybe, you know, it didn't have to be 10 kids, but maybe it was. And, and by the time it came to the, the last kid, they had to tell, you know, the class what they heard. And by the time it got to the last kid, it was all messed up, right? 
it was never the same as when it started. You know, Jimmy loved Billy, and Billy loved Jimmy. Wait a minute, where'd that come from? You know, and Jeannie, she wasn't even in there anymore, so she got lost in the shuffle. But uh, so it was never, it was never the same. Yeah, it could have been even something simple, and uh, you know, nobody really remembered about time it got to the end. So what I'm saying is, you know, you can't always rely on what you hear. We know that, you know, because it's not always true. We have to, you know, search that out for ourselves and figure out, you know, what is true and what what we uh, what. And the bottom line is, you know, we we have to say what's true. We have to say what's true in our hearts and in our minds and and, and what we believe in. You know, sometimes people say, "Oh, you need to go talk to this guy because this is this and this," and then when you uh, you start to think about it, like, you know, maybe that's not what's going on. We have to take time to discern what's going on and figure out what's going on. But and all that being said is, you know, we have to be really careful of what information we put out there. I know, well, you know, because uh, it's easy to say, oh, we're going to do this and this and this and it's going to be great. You know, then a week later, you're like, I promise you that. So you have to remember what, what you're saying and what's on your mind and, and what's true and what isn't true. You know, uh, you, know, what, you, know you, can't, uh, you can't promise something if you can't deliver. And I think that uh, we found that out of, you know, we read about that in the Bible a lot. You know, the only thing that's uh, uh, solid in the Bible is what God says because he, he delivers all the time. But all that being said and rambling, uh, <laughs> my Bible verse today is Ecclesiastes 5.2. And, uh, you know, this is it's, it's shortened to the point and we have to think about you know what what we're doing. It says, "Do not, do not have, do not uh, be quick with your mouth, right? <laughs> do not be hasty with your heart to utter anything before God. God, here's here's the kicker. Sometimes we forget this. The God is in heaven, and you are on earth, so." So let your words be few. Okay. What do you think that means? <laughs> Where's God at? You know, God is omnipresent, right? Everybody agrees with that? That God's always with us? And he'll always be with us. So, you know, he, he's sitting up there looking at us or standing right next to us, and he's listening to us, and he goes, really? You would say that? Yeah. Sometimes the less you say, the better it is. You know, less is more, Right. You know, um, sometimes all you, you know, if uh, if somebody says, "Hey, you know what? I really like you," that means a lot. But you know, if in the same token, if they say, "I love you," does that mean more? You know, and you have to think about that. What what your you know what connotation or how you're using those words, and 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 you know, know what you mean and say it from your heart. Your heart's important, you know, and so is your mind. But the most important is your heart has to be what? Given to who God is and and and, and have Jesus in your in your heart, in your soul, in your mind. So you know when you're talking about things or, or expressing your views that they're what? Based on what God has taught you and what you believe. And uh, yeah, it's it's like uh 
you know. When uh, when you're little and you do something wrong, and you know before you even uh, get back to the house or get back to the classrooms, everybody knows about it, and you're like, how did they, you know, where did that come from? How did that that happen? You know, how did mom know that? You know, or or you come home and she asks you, where you been? And you look at her and you say something, and she goes, okay, you know, you want to tell me where you been? Because <laughs> she knows what. It, maybe you're not telling the truth, or you have that look in your face, where you can't look at them. You know, you can't look them in the eyes and tell them where you've been. You know, are you that way of God? Can you look God in His face and in His eyes and talk to Him? You know, are you ashamed? Ooh, you know, that's that's a, that's a question we need to ask all the time. You know, have I done something that? I should be ashamed of before God. I think we all have, you know, and I think we have to be careful. Then we have to understand that we can't be quick. You know, um, it, it's it's easy to it's easy to condemn, and, and sometimes we we do that. You know, with all the stuff that goes on around us. You know, we could, oh man, that guy. You know, that person. This is terrible. That, this needs. You know, but if you take a deep breath and think about it. You know, man, yeah, it is. But you know, we should do what? We should get on our knees. We should pray and let God know them. You know, we trust Him. We put our faith in Him, and we're going to do that. You know, Eric talked about the uh, Canterbury Church of England that uh, they get together and they pray uh, for half hour, forty-five minutes, two hours, whatever it might be, about the world news, and, and they take time and pray for each thing or, or what's going on in the world. You know, we should do that. We should do that. You don't have to take two hours. You don't have to take 20 minutes. You can talk to God in a few minutes and tell him that you, 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 your heart bleeds for those people and you ache for them. It's just like you ache for your family and your friends that don't know who Jesus is. Sometimes we have to open our minds and open our hearts and let him know. You know, a few words are good, you know. Jesus was a man of words. If you think about it, some of the things that he said, very short, but what? Very, very concise and to the point. He was a man of few words. He came right to the point and said what was on, what was on his mind for sure, but what was on his heart and what was on, you know, the heart of God. You know, and we should, uh, we should think about that. What's on your heart? And is it going to be pleasing to God's heart? Yeah. We have to really, you know, work on that and think about that and pray about that and just give it to God. You know, God, you know my heart. Help me to know it too, right? Yeah. Because once you give your life and your soul to God, then your heart should be aligned with God's. And so we have to work on that on a daily basis. I have to work on it on a daily basis. You know, God knows everything. He's, you know, so we should listen to him, follow him, and most of all, you know, uh, just worship him. Worship him. And uh, just uh, trust in the Lord. God takes care of everything. He's the provider. He's the beginning. He's the end. And we have to remember that. And just... Uh, and thank him as we prepare ourselves this season 
to celebrate, celebrate Jesus and celebrate what he did for us and, and the sacrifice that he made and that uh, we, may, we may walk and maybe sit beside God at one time in our lives in heaven and enjoy his presence. Amen and amen. God bless. If I can, it was, well, first of all, thank you, Brother Dennis, for that beautiful uh, biblical meditation, if you will. And Mama Bell for the wonderful music that she imposed. I don't want to say imposed, but I feel like she invades the soul every time she hits the keys. But I want to ask a question. I was thinking about Brother Dennis. I was thinking about earlier, and, and it's almost like everything that I have been thinking about leads up. I told him on Bill this morning. I said, uh, nowadays, sermon prep is kind of, I get two verses, and then I just throw the Bible down because I get a headache. So I don't try that much anymore. I just get here Sunday morning, have the text, and close my eyes, and then whatever comes out, I just let it go. But it seems that I've felt I, I did not plan these conversations, but uh, and I don't want to talk too much right now. But if I can, some of you are good at texting. Some of you are good at Facebook and Twitter and all those other avenues out there. And you have friends. You call them and you tell them what Steve Harvey's on TV. You tell them when the news is on. You call and tell them who got shot on the corner. Have you ever considered, and I don't want to sound like I'm beating you up, but I'm just curious to say, hey, come pray with me. Come lay your burdens before the Lord. Have you ever thought about that? If you can, real quick, just open up your phone and shoot somebody a text message. Don't worry if they cuss you out. They start cussing at you, they ain't your friend no way, so you done learn something about them. Because everybody don't want to come serve the Lord, which ain't worth your time. Amos said, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? So go ahead and figure out who your friends are this moment. And uh, like I said, they start cussing at you. Then, well, you just learned that you lost two people. You ain't need them no way. They, 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 they're not good for your blood pressure. Text somebody call them or well, you can't really call them unless you remove yourself. But you can text them in some various ways and say if they can't get here this Sunday, they can call in next Sunday and come pray. 
if you can do that. And then would you take up a time and pray for them, people? Pastor Booth is going to come join us here in a minute, and he's going to pray. But uh, if you can think about those people that you know need to be in somebody's church, and we'll talk about what I mean by that in a minute. But you just name them, kind of in your head. You can whisper them out loud the people that's on your prayer list, that you know if Jesus was standing on the cross and he was looking down, he'd say, Father, forgive them. They're crazy. You know, you got, I don't feel bad. You got some crazy family numbers. We all do. And then if you peel back the onion and get to the allergic and section, that part of the onion and make you cry, you got some crazy family members, but I feel like being honest today. Can we be honest? The chief of crazy in your family is probably you. Sometimes I feel like I'm the chief of crazy in mine. At least that's the, the moniker I like to take. I bear my own birds. At least I try to. And so if you can pray for yourselves and pray for your family and pray for your friends while Pastor Booth is coming to pray for us. I don't uh, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but uh uh just know that this line is very sensitive, so when you do a lot of movement, that's probably in somebody's ear. So just, uh, I don't know who that is, and I'm, I'm not going to, nobody need to, don't embarrass yourself. Just uh, sometimes we don't realize that, that we, our sensitivity of the line makes, it might be hurting somebody's ear, so just keep that in mind as Pastor Booth comes to pray. Most Heavenly Father, our gracious and loving God, we honor you this morning. We thank you for who you are. You're a great God and you're greatly to be praised from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. Your name is worthy to be praised. We give you honor. We honor you, Lord, with the fruits of our lips this morning. We honor you with our voices. We honor you with our minds. And now as we come, as we are come as a body of believers, we come with the sole purpose that you may get the glory. Father, as we come now to prepare ourselves to be poured inside, first empty of ourselves of those things that are closest to our heart and our mind that you, we believe and know without a shadow of a doubt that you have given us those things to pray for. You placed them on our hearts and our conscience. You brought it to an awareness that we may bring it before you, lift it before you. Many have allowed these things to become frustrating to them. Some have allowed these things to overpower them and cause them to 
be sick and to have headaches and worrisome and cause them to allow their bodies even to slip into a state that they don't want to be in. But the pressures of life and the cares of this world has come and overwhelmed them. And I pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, as we come this morning, as we pray, as we seek your face, Lord God, as we come to you as your children and your kingdom citizens, that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we just pray, God, that you would just move by your power. Only like you can, Lord. Your people need you this morning. You said that you was too much of a loving God, that you won't hear us and won't answer us. You said, Lord God, that you would never leave us nor forsake us or deceive us or leave us and go begging for bread. And Father, I thank you, Lord God. You have been true to that word in my life, Lord God, and I thank you, Lord. And Father, I just pray, Lord God, as we come this morning, we lift up the cares and the matters of our of our uh, families and our neighborhoods and our friends and our coworkers and Father, we just bring them to you, Lord God, and we lay them at your feet. Father, the world is dying. And Father, you are the living bread. You are the one that have the answer. You have you are the answer. You're the answer to every problem that we will ever have. And Father, as we come to you as a problem solver, we cast all of these things at your feet. Father, I pray, Lord God, as we come this morning, Lord, as we empty of ourselves everything in our hearts that we have done, Sailor, uh, done, Lord God, that is not pleasing to you, to ask you to forgive us. You said, Lord God, in your word that you are faithful and just, that you forgive us of all of our unrighteousness and all of our sins and our shortcomings. And, Father, as we come this morning, we, we, we throw those things at your feet. And we rejoice in knowing, Lord God, that we've been recasted upon you. You cared for us because you loved us. You for so loved us that you gave your only begotten son that all of us to have that opportunity, Lord God, may have that life, have it more abundantly, eternally with you. And we thank you, Lord God, for the enjoyment that we can enjoy that with you now, knowing that on this side, there might be some pain and some trouble, might be some difficult days. But knowing, Lord God, of who you are, on the other side, there is joy and peace. And, Father, we thank you for that day of rest, and we, we praise you for it. But until that time comes, we, we shall occupy until you come. And Father, we lift up our communities to you, Lord, and we said, God, we need your intervention, Lord, in many areas. Uh, there's so much uh, things that uh, have risen its head in our community that is causing all kind of discomforts and, and is causing all kind of conflict. But, God, there's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too large for you. It's nothing, Lord God, we, that we have ever uh, ran up against that you don't already have the power, Lord God, to raise it up and to to dissolve it or to erase it, Lord God, or to fix it, Lord. God, we just pray, Lord God, that your will would be done. I'm not in the avenue. I'm not smart enough to tell you what to do, and we are not smart enough to tell you what to do. Lord God, we're just smart enough to ask you, Lord God, and you said that you would do it. You would take it from there. 
And Father, as we come this morning, we we draw and we draw from you as we place at your feet, Lord God, the cares of this world. Father, somebody is sick this morning. Their body is not feeling that well. We pray, God, that you would touch their bodies from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Father, there is someone that's going through some um, depression. They're going through some things, God, that is a little bit too heavy for them. And, Father, I pray, God, that they will release it now and cast it at your feet because you care for them, Lord God. Father, our hearts are burdened with those who are sick, Lord God, and those who are dealing with elements, Lord God. They're dealing with cancers. They're dealing with COVID. They're dealing with all kinds of addictions, Lord God. And I just pray, God, for your providence hands, Lord God. Get all into that, Lord, and, and cause them to be made whole. Father, we just pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, God, that you will work miracles in the lives and the homes of people, Lord God. Work lives in, in, in the lives of people, Lord God, as we are still dealing with COVID, Lord God. We just pray, God, that you will continue to move, Lord. Continue to allow those numbers to come down, Lord. Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you will um, uh, end the wars, Lord God, and and that which is um, happening in Ukraine, God. We just pray, God, that you will intervene into that, Lord God. There are innocent people, Lord God, that are in the way of bombs and bullets today. But we pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, God, that you will just touch the hearts of those, Lord God, that are in charge. Pray, God, Lord God, that you will just work a miracle, Lord. And, Lord, save the lives of those who are in harm's way. We pray, Lord God, for those who need medical attentions and, Lord God, and, and all kind of attention, Lord God. We just pray for them. And, God, we just don't pray for them and don't pray for the persons next to us and next door to us and around the corner across town. God, we don't leave out our loved ones. We don't leave out our children. We don't leave out our cousins, our friends, our siblings, and, in some cases, spouses, Lord God, we just pray, Lord God, that you would just move by your power. Lord God, you're great, God, and you're great to be praised. And God, we love you, we praise you, and we glorify you. We deem it to be so according to who you are in Jesus' name. At this time, we ask that you, you might have something that you want to bring before the Lord that I probably didn't mention in my prayer and our corporate prayer this morning. But to you is a need, to you is a 911, is to you, it's befitting that you would take it to the Lord. At this time, let's go to the Lord with that. Let all of us pray. We all have something to pray about. Let's go to the Lord now.
Now, Lord, bless this service and bless the man of God that will bring forth the word today. We pray, Lord God, that as you have already anointed and given him the word for today, God, we open our ears, we cultivate the ground, that when the word comes, it will be on fertile ground. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things he has done. Amen. Judges the last book of it a chapter should I say Judges chapter twenty one and we want to read verse twenty five. Judges chapter 21, verse 25 reads, In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did whatever seemed right to him. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what seemed right to him. I want to talk today and understand that the subject is going to mess with your religion a little bit. But I ask that you just kind of hear this as a moment of therapeutic thought. I want to talk this morning from the subject, It's All About Me. It's all about me. And all those who agree with the Bible respond with a howdy. Amen. Amen. I said earlier as I called Mama Bell, uh, Mama Bell and I talk a lot. We, I thought I'd call her five minutes earlier today, and that didn't work. Yeah. 
I think we may be up to 35 to an hour here in a minute. Because Mama Bell and I, we talk and we book the territory, if we will. We we solve the world's problems in our morning call. And those problems we can't solve, we make up in our mind collectively that we'll just blow them up. But I explained to Mama Bell this morning that sometimes, and I shared it with you earlier today, uh, that I approach messages now a little bit differently than most preachers. Uh, Pastor Booth and my dear grandmother and either Brother Dennis, they may look at the world a little bit differently from the perspective of preaching. Uh, they may take a text and get a notepad or something and just sit down and scribble, and, and then when that doesn't work, they ball that up, throw it in the trash. I believe that's a waste of paper and a waste of headspace, and my mental capacity just can't take it. Maybe I just got old and tired, but I just don't try anymore. Uh, I take a text. I think about it for about nine minutes. I realize I'm already confused, and I throw the Bible in the chair, and I go to sleep. This is no different. I read this text, and I begin to process, and I begin to think. And sometimes the issues of life, the journey between Sunday to Sunday, past through Wednesday, has a tendency to lead to a particular piece of business in the Bible that speaks to you. You ever opened your Bible and your eyes fell to the scripture that spoke to whatever was wrong with you? Most yep. of you, it opens your Bible and you find yourself, because God loves you in Exodus, around about the Ten Commandments where it says, Thou shalt not kill. Come on and be honest with yourself. Because you almost shot somebody every other day, and so you've got to be reminded that there's laws against killing folk. Uh, killing is poisoning their food, cyanide tablets overdosing them with medication, getting them drunk, all that good stuff. I heard you being real in your heart. It's all right. <coughs> but every now and again, you open the text and you, you hear something that doesn't make sense at the time, and then you have to process it. And then I found myself dealing with something, especially over these last two years. These last two years have been religiously hard for me. <laughs> it has been religiously hard and religiously gratifying. Uh, we rebuke the devil in your soul. It's been religiously hard and religiously gratifying because on one side it took everything COVID did, ripped it up, threw it out the window, and then fed it back to you like now what you know. What do I mean by that? We've spent all of our days, generations on generation on generation, going down to a brick building with a big old bell on the top of it, some of our churches. <coughs> and our whole world has been centered around this one piece of business, until the year 2020, 
when that part of our world, that centerpiece of our world was stripped, leaving us without an understanding of who we are and what we actually believe anymore. A whole lot of people have left the faith, totally divorced themselves from the idea of God, faith, religion, and Christianity because the centerpiece, the glue that held their relationship together was stripped. 2020 did that. And what 2020 didn't do, 2021 added the death nail to now we find ourselves in 2022, and they have told us that COVID is now over, or as the president said, the president of these states united. You have to be clear, because a lot of presidents and prime ministers and potentates is talking. Uh, but the president of these states united went on his, or uh, came on, I believe it was last Tuesday, with his State of the Union address, and he said that the COVID is no longer going to dictate our lives. But the problem with that is now people have settled into this virtual stuff. It's almost like the genie cannot be put back in the bottle. You can't unspill the milk. And so now we are forced to reevaluate, to reprocess, to relearn, to rethink. Everything we've ever been taught, just to stick with this church piece of business for a second, you know if you came from an environment where I come from, you would demonize if you didn't go to church. You was a bad person. God going to kill you because you ain't come to church. All you sinners won't come to church. You, you're blaspheming against God. You, you're sinning against God. Well, here's the problem now. For two years, I couldn't go to church. Am I sinning against God? Am I blaspheming? Am I a horrible person? You've come to the reality, at least I have, where you have to ask, was all that stuff we were taught? Inaccurate. Was it a ploy, a plot? Or was there something more to this thing called faith? Was there something more to this idea of relations with the Creator? Was there a little bit something else to that that was either self or unawareably omitted? That's the question that I face. Then the other piece of business that I faced down there at the church. Sounds like I beat the poor place up here, but, you know, it gets more abuse. You don't need my help. I process the idea. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind. And the second is just an added clause. Now, I just attacked your religion. I just attacked your way of thinking. I know I did. Because how dare you go and say that the second is just an added clause. But here is the kicker, which is one of the reasons why that the old 
church kind of confuses me and the new church kind of disgusts me because it pushes onto various extremes. I had this conversation with you. I believe we talked about it some time ago, the difference between the two trains of thought down at the churches where on one side they talk too much about themselves, on the other side they don't talk enough about themselves. There is no middle line, no balance between God, me, and those around saints. And so we have this idea where we are somewhat forced into this idea of loving people only because of God. I only love you because God told me to. But if I had my way, I'd have gutted you six days ago. But I ain't going to do that because God told me I can't do that. And so because of this trained idea, we force ourselves into relationships, to surroundings, into places that are both unhealthy and mentally disturbing because we feel like we've got to do it for God. There's been a lot of dirty words that has been used. Clicks is a dirty word. Y'all like to go get in y'all little country clubs, y'all little beat houses, and, and the five folk go over there and they just say to themselves, that's a dirty word. But the reality of it is, the scripture says, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? And so if those five can agree, if those five can work together, if those five can celebrate each other in brotherly love, if they can come together and have meals and work and play and, and teach and grow and, and build their communities without strife and fussing and fighting, then what's wrong? With a click. I didn't come to attack you. I come to talk about how I have now come to a different understanding. I was the one on that conversation with you. I hated the clicks. Even out here when I started in my social justice, whatever they want to call me out here in these streets. I used to go in there and try to break up all clicks. Y'all don't need to be. Y'all don't need to. It's all about the and I realize that, A, if I don't like you and you don't like me, number one, it's not a sin that we don't like each other. It's not a sin that we can't work together. There's a whole lot, there's one lady downtown I can't work with, Mama Bell. She smells like raw cheese every time I get next to her. She make me sick. It's her perfume. And she loved that perfume, but I can't stand it. So you know what? We don't go in the same room together. I Zoom every time we need to talk. What am I supposed to do? Change your perfume because you're making me sick? No you realize we just don't connect. And you find another way. What am I trying to get to? 
I believe that the pillar of our struggle has been the ability or the idea of forcing relationships that are just not going to work. It's almost like trying to squeeze a round pig into a square hole. And then the other thing that I would like to point out for your hearing and consideration at same is that our text today, which I made so clearly, <clears throat> or excuse me, I stated probably messed with your religion. I know it did. It messed with mine when I thought about it. But what about if you really peel back the onion and get to the allergic and due section? There's a lady on this phone who would admit that somebody close to her used to make a statement that the greatest nation is self-preservation. If you don't care about yourself first, how can you help somebody else? If you broke it and you busted, how can you help somebody else? Sometimes I ask myself the question, why do you want to live in hell all your life? Surrounding yourself by folks you know you can't get along with. Sometimes the best thing to do is, Rem Chavers used to say, is say, bless you and release you. You go on that side and I go on this. I still love you with the love of the Lord, but professionally and personally, we just don't get along. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Well, I was in a meeting the other day, Mama Bell, and the lady was telling me, she said, you know, we got to go over there in Kempsville. I said, what are we going over there for? She said, do you know who lives out Kempsville? I said, I do know who lives out Kempsville. They ain't bothering me and I ain't bothering them. Well, Eric, we can't have communities like that. Why not? That's where they want to stay. Let's stay over there. They can burn all the crops they want over there as long as they'll come over here. I don't understand you. Why not? What you can't do is start going around telling folks who they can and cannot like. I made it crystal clear when I went downtown and I had to reiterate myself this week, Mama Bell. I said, listen, I didn't come here to try to be liked. I didn't come here to force you. Some of you come here because you're trying to force white folks to like you. That's a bad way to live your life. You can't force nobody to like you. You can't force nobody to accept you. You can't force nobody to agree with you. I don't care how much you protest up there in Washington or how many letters you write to the governor, your senators, councilmen. I don't care how many times you go down to City Hall and protest in front of the mayor. You can't make a law that's going to make somebody like you. The best thing to do 
is to focus your attention on the people who love you. You know something I learned, Mama Bell, when I go to these meetings? I sit down and I see all the folks that get walked over on the journey to folks who will never care. How many folks at that meeting want to be your friend, want to take you out to lunch, want to help you write your book, want to help you sing your song, want to be the lead in the play that you're trying to get somebody who ain't going to never give you the time of day to look at? How many friends have we lost trying to gain one we'll never find? I've wondered that question. I thought about that over and over again, even more so this week. Which asks you, or you ask me, what does this have to do with the text that I just read to you? Well, let's break it apart. We all smart people. We graduate English class at least. Well, some of us. It says, as the text reads the word, and in those days, at that point in time, which is a very interesting thing because two things. Number one, most people do not read the Bible I believe the way they should. The Bible says, and there's a passage in there that says that these are events, are stories, are moments that was written for our forelearning. It is an old-fashioned manual. And taken out of context can be very, very deadly. Sometimes you read passage of that Bible and take it out of the time by which it was written. It can cause a lot of problems. For instance, David had a whole lot of women that he got away with. I want you to try that, brother. David went and coerced a woman into the bed had his way with it, and then killed his husband in the process, and all the Bible got away with it. I know what you're going to say about the Bible. I ain't talking about that. Stop being spiritual. By the law, got away with it. You try that today. See how fast you get a Me Too charge. The time makes sense in those days. At that period in time, this happened. Then the next piece of business says, there was no king in Israel. Now, when you think about that, you can take one or two approaches. You can look at it as that the monarch had dispersed, that uh, there was no one to make the laws. But I would like to, if I can, suggest a different piece of thought. Just for giggles, if you will. Let's go on a journey. How about that? 
What if that king was a metaphor? What if the king meant there was no moral compass? Or more interestingly, what if it meant there was no mediator? There was no one to help us balance our emotions, help us to see the other side of the field. There was no one to help us navigate through my feelings versus yours. Or what if there was no one to help us deal with more than our own problems? As that friend of Mama said that the greatest nation is self-preservation, some of you in your religiousness might get a little offended by that, but here is the kicker. When you really peel back the onion and get to the allergic and do section, as I was sharing with a lady yesterday and I said it to grandmother and I said it to the, I don't know who else I said it to, Here's the hardcore truth. It is impossible to maintain your mental health and care about everybody. It is impossible to maintain your sanity and carry the world's load. And so, when you peel back the onion and get to the allergic induced section, the problem that I believe humans fight with is when it's time to care about yourself over somebody else. And so it seeps out through the religion. And the problem that causes the war is on one side we're trying to hold up this religious ideology. I give myself away. I wish you would sing that lie in a church I believe in. You better come sing one of them Fanny Crosby songs. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. I'm tired. I'm weak. I am worn. That's the song you better sing down here with us broke folks. Been out there at the factory all day, got bones breaking from limb to limb, got to sit in the chair because the back won't set up straight, and you want to come tell me, get something else up? Honesty and true to yourself. And I believe. At the moment where honesty comes into play, where you can really sit down and say, I have given all I can, and I have put out all I can put out, now it's time for self-care. Once you take care of yourself, then you got room to take care of somebody else. Back in the day, I don't know if they do that much anymore with restrictions and especially with COVID and all the things that has been going on in the world. But back in the day, there was a lot of Africans around this town. Uh, Most of them African men. 
And the reason for that was the man realized one thing, that he could go and get a job. And he could go and take care of himself. And once he got a job, took care of himself, gained a footing for himself, then he could take the time to go back to his native land and get his family. But the one thing they realized those foreigners did, or those people from other lands, let me say it like that. Please forgive me for calling you foreigners. Immigrants, that's the word I want. Thank you for letting me get there. One thing the immigrant realized is we can't all go at the same time. So one of us has to divide ourselves, has to separate ourselves from the ship. One of us has to branch out and realize that I got to get it for me first, and then I can come back for you. Charity, love begins at home and then spreads abroad. And before you get into your physical home with 19 folks and a cat and a dog, we got to talk about your personal home. And then I thought about something else that messed me up. Oh, this messed me up here. That's why I take a scripture and I close the Bible and I throw it away because it messes me up. Mama Bell, I thought about Brother Jesus. I sure did talk about him. And I took a mental walk through them three years he spent here on earth because you know we're on that journey to Easter right now, you understand? And I thought about that thing. And I looked around at all the people, Nicodemus, Jared and his daughter. I saw the woman at the well. I, I saw Mary and Martha. I saw Peter, James, and I even had a conversation mentally with John. I saw the 5,000. I saw the time Oh, of transfiguration, the Sermon on the Mount. I saw all that, but you know, there's only one person in that Bible. One that had Jesus' heart. And his name was Lazarus. Nobody made Jesus cry but Lazarus. And then I thought about something else when I began to go back and look through that journey here. There was three sections to Jesus, three layers to Jesus. The first layer was his public, his job, his mission statement, why he was here. It had him around the people. It had him ministering and feeding and, and healing and raising and Spitting in the eyes. It had him doing all that. That was the first layer. Then the second layer was his disciples. He was out there with the 12, Matthew, out there with Bartholomew, out there with Luke, out there with Judas and all those fine folks. But then he went up to the next layer, and there was Peter, James, and there was John. But after all that, there was another layer left. 
It was the layer designed for just himself. And there was a moment in there, various to be honest, when you think about it, where Jesus goes out by himself. He needs time alone. He needed time to say, this is just about me. I need to heal myself. I need time for myself. I need time by myself. Ain't nothing wrong with saying, go away. Leave me alone. Ain't nothing wrong with saying this is unhealthy for me. It is nothing wrong with saying I can't do this anymore. It ain't nothing wrong with understanding that you have reached your point of breaking. And in that time, when there was no king, people did what was right in their own eyes. Now, that can also get misconstrued. Because what other eyes are there to look at? I can only see my pain. I can only feel my frustration. I can only feel my hurt. I can only feel my bones. I can't feel your problem. And so without proper understanding of how to connect and cooperate in the community, without proper understanding of how to deal with each other, it becomes very easy to just settle in our self-centered society, our self-centered way of thinking, and put on the Christian facade like we're supposed to care for each other, we're supposed to be there for each other, we're supposed to love each other, but deep down inside I'm trying to love myself, but I can't do that because I've been told that it ain't about me. I'm supposed to get everything I got away, so I hold all me inside and try to give to you, but it makes me angry inside because I haven't dealt with it. That is the problem. And until we can deal with ourselves, it's hard to see the world through somebody else's eyes. You cannot see through dear talk through, uh, can't get the word out. See how you're going to have a good thought, can't even get it out. You can't see with, through tear-dreamed eyes. If your world is all jacked up, you can't see nobody else. If you're mentally destroyed and beat, you can't see nobody else. <clears throat> but I would like to offer an option for you. A moment when you come to the realization as I said earlier when we started, I said I, I like to watch now that moment with the church over there in England. Look, Catholic piece of business. I know that, that may not sit well with some. That's all right. Prayer, prayer, Father. I'm sorry. 
But he spends the bishop over there about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. Sometimes his look goes over, depends on how he's feeling, I guess. Was shocking to me because I ain't no Catholics was that long. Some of them prayer meetings longer than Pentecostal service. That's neither here nor there. But the one main piece of that whole scenario, that whole piece of business, if you will, is this this opportunity to sit and have personal moments of reflection. And as he started that off, he opens it up, the bishop does, and he says, bring your concerns, your objectives, bring your prayers, bring your thoughts. He starts it off first by saying, it's all about you. Deal with you first. And once you have finished dealing with you, then we can talk about what's wrong with Sally. Once you fool, we can talk about that Jim is hungry. I know that sounds wrong because we've been taught that it's supposed to be the other way around. Feed everybody else and then you die. That don't sound right to me. Why I got to die? Why do I got to kill myself and everybody else lives? No, no, no. There's enough here. Cattle and fowls in here belong to the Lord. The earth is the Lord. The fullness thereof. The world they that dwell therein. There's food all around here. But more importantly, as the text says or the songwriter says, there's room. It didn't say there's room at the cross for you and Sally. It didn't say there's room at the cross for you and your five cousins, two dogs, and one cat. It didn't say there's room at the cross for your church. As a matter of fact, it said, no, the church came. Don't Sally, John, Jim, and Billy, and the dogs and cats are all there. It looks pretty crowded, but guess what? There's still room. For you. There's still an opportunity for you. There's still a moment of grace for you. And so this moment as my dear grandmother comes to pray for us. I ask you to do something today. I'm going to give you the license to be a little selfish just for today. And I ask as you pray that you put yourself on the proverbial altar. Lord, I got all these things that's bothering me, these problems, these attitudes. Maybe I'm in the wrong job. Maybe I'm in the wrong community. Maybe I'm in the wrong church. I know I'm supposed to go down here because the mayor sits here and the governor comes by every five minutes. I know it's socially acceptable to be here. 
My mama told me to be here. My grandmama was here. My uncle was here. And I feel like I got to stay here because I got to make them proud. But what about me? What about the fire that burns within me? What about the heart that burns within me? You know, everywhere in that Bible that you read, starting all the way back yonder to Abraham. When God called Abraham out, he had to change his name. He says, not only do I not want you connected to where you came from, I don't even want you to be identified with who you were. Because I got something not for your bloodline, not for your community, not for your heritage, not because you black, not because you're white. I got something for you. And if I could ever take care of you, the world would be all right. What I believe if God could take care of each and every one of us, if he could get us to take care of ourselves, we wouldn't have no problems in this world. And so as grandmother comes to pray for us, I'm going to quit here for she has, I ain't going to quit. I'm going to step aside for this time so she'll have some time to pray. Though millions, have come, there's still room for one. Would you take that spot at the cross that's designed for you? And as she prays, as the old folks say, leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord. Leave it there. If you, not your family, not your cousin, if you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burdens, your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Take heed to yourself. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Most holy and all wise Father, help us this morning to lift our eyes to you, knowing that there's room at the cross for us, knowing there's forgiveness for us, knowing there's power for us, knowing that you care about us. Help us to realize that we must look to you and trust you, knowing, O Heavenly Father, that all power is in your hand. You are there waiting on us. Help us to trust you in every situation. Help us to realize that we are somebody. You didn't make no junk. You made each one of us individuals. 
you give each one of us a talent to do. And help us, dear God, to respect you and to realize, oh God, that we are somebody, that we can do it your way and not our way. Not somebody else's way, but the way you have called us to do it. Help us to see ourselves. Help us to trust you, God, knowing that you love us, you care about us, that we are who you called us to be. We thank you this morning. We thank you for this word. Help us, O oh God, to hide this word in our hearts that we may not sin against you. Hide this word in our hearts, God, that we might be shining lights in this dark world. Help us, O oh God. We need you. We can't make this journey by ourselves. But, God, we trust in you because we know you will never forsake us. You will never leave us, nor will you put us down. We know, dear God, that you have brought us a mighty, mighty long ways. Help us to remember the things that you have brought us through. Help us to remember where we come from, because where we came from is because of you. Help us to trust you this morning. We just thank you this morning, dear God. We praise you, we love you, and we magnify your name, and we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Have a great, great day. God bless each one of us. Thank you.